Welcome to the Unique Conversations with Chris podcast. I am so happy to welcome my guest, Ashley Coleman. Ashley is a military vet and a single mom to three. Her story is so inspiring, and I'm so thrilled to share it with everyone. Because there was so much to share in her story, it will be broken into different parts. So grab your favorite drink and a snack and join in on the conversation. But before we start, I'd like to take a moment to show my gratitude for Ashley and other members of our military and their families that sacrifice so much so that we can feel safe. I am truly grateful for their service, and I'd like to thank you once again for serving our country. Ashley, how are you today? I'm doing really well. Uh, thank you yeah. so much for giving me the opportunity to to speak on this. Oh, I'm so excited. I, I've, I've heard a bit of your story, and so I'm excited to get it out there and share with others. Um, I just find it so interesting, the things that we talked about before. So um, we'll just jump right into it. Can you introduce yourself and tell people who you are and where you're from? Just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, I'm Ashley Coleman. Um, I'm 40 years old. Um, I'm a mama, a single mom of three beautiful kids, uh, 16, 14, and six. Um, you know, I'm a proud military veteran and served in the military. Um, I also, you know, have established career. I, I just wear many, many hats. Um, currently reside in Georgia, but I have a little bit of that gypsy soul in me. I grew up military, so if anybody knows the military life, we know we moved a lot. And then um, my career has kind of navigated me um, as well. So um, I'm originally from the Pacific Northwest, the Oregon area, but right now um, Georgia is where um, my roots are. So okay. So um, you said moved around a lot, so that was just you're all from all, all over the place then. Um, absolutely. Yes. So my, my father was in the military um, mm-hmm. and it was, I mean, we just moved every two to three years. And um, I think honestly, I can say that's probably where I developed a little bit of the beginnings of resiliency, but also is a direct reflection of some of the hardships too, right? That we struggle mm-hmm. internally with, you know, of having to up and move and restart and 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 whatnot um but that was just the way of life and uh yeah so i mean i think my eighth grade year i had four different schools right yeah so. that i moved around a lot too as a kid so i know exactly what you mean by having to get up and start all over and meet new friends and kind of get a, acclimated to a new environment so i definitely can understand that so you mentioned resiliency what does resiliency mean to you for me, resiliency is the ability to look past what's in front of you, see that that light at the end of the tunnel, to see that whatever is in front of you that is, is challenging or is, I mean, I hate to use the word traumatic or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. is, is, is stopping what you feel is, is being adverse towards you, is you're able to see past that. You're able to see that light at the end of the tunnel and, and knowing that whatever is occurring is temporary. Mm -hmm. And so 
resilience is needs is is having a foundation and knowing that whatever hardship is in front of you, whatever trauma is in front of you, it's temporary. That you have the ability to get through it and work through it and come out so much better on the other side. Okay. And so throughout your journey of life, like I said, we had a brief discussion about some of the things. What do you feel like, what experience or what experiences have made you the most resilient? And like, where do you, how do you, how do you, how did those shape you? I would, I would have to say that it was in, I'm very blessed to say I had a very good childhood growing up. I had a stable childhood growing up outside, obviously, the moving around. A lot of people may argue that that's not stability. Mm-hmm. I would say that where I found myself, um, I guess, put in the crosshairs of resiliency is when I was a young adult, you know, graduated high school went off to college, we're supposed to know everything. And then I decided to join the military, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the military, um, the moment that I walk through the recruiting door is kind of where I would say my real story of resiliency began. And it's not pretty resiliency. It, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was resiliency until much, much later on in my life. Okay. And so um, do you mind sharing like an example of one of those stories or what you experienced being in the military? Um, well, um, at the time I was very young <laughs> in parcel. Um, and I could, I can say that my, I guess, I'm not really quite sure how to word this. Um, my military career and the military changed who I was by the moment that I walked into the recruiting office and my recruiter actually groomed me and became my first husband. So, oh, wow. So I guess walk me through what that was like, because you said that you said you walked in and came out, it it started there. So I guess walk me through that experience. Um, So, you know, you're young. You know, you're free. You're you're out of high school. And I'll tell you right now, at that time, at that time in my life, I was very lost as a as a youngin. And you know, mm-hmm. my parents actually, even though I had a fabulous childhood, um, they were going through a divorce after twenty. I think it was. I don't know. It was like twenty six years. You mm-hmm. know, um, and so I was just a a kid. You know, still 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 trying to figure out life and then your parents split up after 20 plus years and you're supposed to have all of that figured out and I didn't and so I got smart and said hey I'm gonna go and join the military and I walked in and there was this strapping young 25 year old mm-hmm. 26 year old I forget I didn't even forget he was and 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 he he was a turned out to be a very narcissistic individual and he, um, I hate to use the word groom, but I can look back on it and see it now and having discussions with my father and, and, you know, and there's nothing they could have told me. I came back from boot camp in love with this man. This was my, this was the person I was going to marry. And man, he put that ring on that real quick. And he turned very, very um, dangerous very quickly on me mm-hmm. as soon as he got me. Married. And that's the start of my, my military careers where my um, recruiter at that time um, 
kind of took advantage of a few situations. Now, am I to be responsible of that? Uh, anybody who knows me will tell you that the one thing I'm great at doing is looking back or not even looking back in some situations saying, and I don't say that to victim blame or try to defuse responsibility, but um, I was taken advantage of the, the moment I, I entered the military um, and I was manipulated. And that marriage lasted all of four months. And the reason I was able to get out of it is he, there was um, an incidence of domestic abuse, which actually I ended up in the emergency room and miscarried. And my mom oh, and my dad, and my mom and my dad showed up. And, well, I should say my stepmom at that uh, at that time, you know, um, showed up and, and they helped me get out. Well, mm -hmm. I'm so sorry to hear that. I mean, that's just so many things to unpack and that, that just... <laughs> So that's why I'm like, I, I think my resiliency starts like, you know, kind of the umbrella. It sounds like you're in, yeah, it sounds like you're in a transition when you were entering the military because you're having to, I, I feel like at no age, it doesn't matter when a divorce happens, whether it's when you're four or when you're 24, it still has a significant impact on your life. So that for one is a huge transition and then to graduate high school and then go into this whole new journey of being in the military with eyes wide open and looking for this great experience to be groomed by someone who saw the advantage and um, took advantage of it. Yeah. And saw I the opportunity and took advantage of it. I shouldn't say I dropped out of college at that time because I was so lost. And I like how you also acknowledge hindsight, but you also don't allow yourself to victim blame yourself um for the actions that he took and that he how he took advantage of it i think that's i think that's good it's taken a it's taken a lot of processing for me to do that um mm -hmm. and it's i don't know i just i'm able today to look back and know that i was just not in a healthy place and it mm -hmm. was taken advantage of um and yep. i have no problem saying that out loud because those are the things that i would say to anybody involved in that situation today yeah, yeah. And I can definitely see some of the similarities in my own personal situation to where, um, you know, if you're not in a stable mental place that you can make decisions and big decisions based on that current state that can impact you for years to come. He said that as a result of his abuse in your marriage, it resulted in a loss, which I'm very sorry to hear. That's That's another level of grief that um, not many of us have experienced, but I, I know firsthand not I've experienced my own loss. And so I know what that feels like, but um, for you, that was the, the pivoting moment for you to leave that situation. Um, how did you maneuver and heal from, you know, leaving that situation to, I guess, pivot and, and move forward like how did how did you find your strength? How did you get to resilience in that in that position? So you know, I'm going to be real transparent. I think people, for me, resiliency wasn't like an automatic thing. I didn't become and view and and be able to put two feet on the ground and keep moving forward and mm -hmm. pivot from one one concept to another. Uh, mm -hmm. I I 
I packed that so far away and pretended it didn't happen. And then I went into the military and, uh, and then I deployed. And so as far as in real time in, in coming out of that situation, I coped by, by, I tucked it way back. Um, mm -hmm. I'll be real honest with you. This is you're probably the third or fourth person I've, I've shared that. Oh, well, I don't thank you for sharing. One, a little bit of shame to this day, right? You know, like mm -hmm. I married my recruiter, and if anybody is in the military, they know they know without me saying anything, right? What mm -hmm. what I what what that looked like, you know. Two, then that individual turned on me, you know, and and harmed me, and so I'm still young, I'm still lost. I don't know what I'm doing. Now I've suffered a great loss, which I'll tell you that I didn't put one moment of mourning to mm. at that time. And I, and so when I joined the military and I, I was where I was stationed, I just had my plate so darn full and my parents are still getting divorced. Right. And my mom, mm -hmm. she's suffering mental, um, this is this is the chaos that's occurring all at this time, this time. So pivoting, no, no, it was it doesn't exist. It's not mm. happening. Um but I just continued to march forward and focus mm -hmm. what was in front of me. Mm -hmm. If I pretended what was going on behind me, mm -hmm. I hate to say it like that, I mm -hmm. can continue to just can walk forward. Yeah. But I think, yeah. but then what happens with that? What happens, with, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I completely, eventually, it's like I explain to people when you stuff down so, so much, it's like when you try to imagine like putting a, a ball, a beach ball in the ocean and you keep trying to stuff it down. Eventually it's going to pop out and it's going to come out and explode yeah. at the most inopportune time or the time you don't expect it. So, yeah. And we ended up getting uh, obviously divorced, you know, they wouldn't let us, let me annul it, you know, um, my mom at that time uh, struggled significantly with mental health to the point where she was placed in to um, mental health confinement or a hospital or whatever. She attempted mm -hmm. to kill herself several times and, and this is all happening all at the same time. I'm in the hospital, I'm getting married to, you know, and it's, um, it's a lot, you know, and in addition to that, my, you know, my mom is, you know, the person that you see growing up as strong and she's a stay at home mom and she's the weakest thing you've ever seen standing in front of you. Mm -hmm. It was, it was just craziness for me as, as a young, a young adult. And I can say transparently, I coped by ignoring it. And I yeah. think that's what a lot of us do. Yeah, um, it's like, I don't think you're alone in that at all. I think a lot of us tend to find our, our coping strategies to ignore, to deflect, to stuff. So I don't yeah. think you're alone in that. Um, I didn't really find myself. I'm not going to say, I, one, I'm forever grateful for the military. Like, mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm proud that mm -hmm. I was in the military. And there are so many amazing things have come from me serving our country and you know for our freedoms and and things like that um 
So I just want to, I just want to make sure that I state yeah. that, you yeah. know, like my experience in the military is, is not everybody else's experience in the military, you know, um, you know, but I can say that, man, I grew up real quick, um, real quick. I got found very quickly in the military. Military to me was easy. You show up on time, you look good and you mm-hmm. keep your mouth shut and you mm-hmm. do as you're told. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, to me, it was very simple. It's very, a very methodical, systematic um, business plan. <laughs> no, it's like structure, yeah. you know, the routine, very predictable in some situations. I imagine there's an element of unpredictability, but, you know, it's yeah. very much. And that, I think, is what probably started like a diamond, you know, it's diamond set facets or faucets however you call it like that was probably my my first one to i know i needed structure in -hmm. order for me to to move on and process and grow i needed structure and that's Mm -hmm. what the military provided to me but um, as soon as i got into the military i deployed (laughs) you know and so it was it was a very rough military time can you explain that i guess give me some more details about why you say that well i was serving in a combat support um, Mm -hmm. mos or and uh, there's not a lot of females Mm -hmm. it was of the iraqi war going on i mean this is you know 2005 2004 Mm -hmm. to 5 6 uh, multiple deployments are well were occurring in in the military, um, and it was it was the period in which you don't ask for help. Mm-hmm. It was a period of you don't open your mouth because if you opened your mouth, you got labeled. If you asked for mm-hmm. help, you got labeled, and it was not the label that you wanted. Right. And when you're a female. And you're surrounded um, by a culture of things that normally would not be accepted. I mean, we've seen things even today, you know, in the news. And, you know, I always, when I hear these stories that we've been seeing in the news about females being sexually harassed or, you know, uh, soldiers unfortunately being killed. You know, and then there's allegations. It just does not surprise me. Is all I'm going to say. Wow. Like I, I, that a lot with just that statement. <laughs> you know, there's not a there's not. I would be very surprised to say for, and I don't know how it is today. I'm not going to speak on what it is today. I'm speaking solely my experience. I'm not. I am not a representation of the the military as a whole at all. But I, every day I was, I was put in harm's way of some nature of being sexually harassed. Um, every day I was put in, not every day, but significant amount of days, I was not comfortable being left in rooms with male soldiers. And and that in that era, um, at least for me, it, you had 
to kind of accept it. And I need to say that 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 wasn't everybody that I affiliated with. That was just the place mm-hmm. that I had landed in because they're significant. I know if I had the courage to say something at that time, that there would have been people that would have helped me. Yeah. But to even put that, like, I'm sitting here listening to you speak about feeling that type of insecurity or fear every single day or most days, that has to have a a huge impact on your, your mental health, your physical, your overall just, I can only... And so I'm, I'm just I'm so sorry to hear that. That's that's not to be, to sacrifice and to put down and to serve our country. That should not be one of the things that you're constantly thinking in the back of your mind is today today that this is going to happen is today today that, you know, someone's going to take it too far. I'm going to be left alone or and that's just a, that's a whole other anxiety, I'd imagine, you know, and it, and it is. And, and I have to be honest with you, you know, I, since I kind of grew up. In, in a pretty good household, those things were relatively new to me. Mm. You know, I didn't, I didn't grow up, you know, I grew up, you know, today we talk about consent. Today we talk about boundaries. Today we talk about all these things. Well, I grew up in a time frame. You didn't have those conversations. Right. You know, those things that you kind of knew or. Or we didn't know they were occurring. Um, and, but I do know, and I, and I, I guess I'm saying it, you know, to, to ensure that it's, it's spoken that if I would have, would have asked for help, I know that I would have been, been, but I didn't know that I could ask for help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And the moment I joined the military, I immediately went to Iraq. Wow. So there were days that I felt safer in war than I felt around some of my peers. Wow. That's huge. That's a big statement. I can say that the the things that my that I went through on a personal level had far more adverse mental health impacts on me than the friends that I had to say goodbye to. Really? That's a lot. (laughs) And it took me a long time to figure that out. It took me Mm -hmm. years to figure out. I was very, very angry for a really long time. But you Mm -hmm. can tell me I was angry. I'm so intrigued about so many different levels of this conversation because on one hand, I'm curious, like, well, were there any disciplinary actions for your ex-husband or, you know, were there any, you know, did anybody ever come forward with some of the people that you were, you know, that were made you feel uncomfortable or any of the things that happened? So it's no. (laughs) I can say that when I filed my VA claim, the people Mm -hmm. that I knew that would help me helped me and I was able with able with um what they call buddy statements and things along that nature. Mm-hmm. Um and this is years later. Um I know we're kind of jumping here, but 
I did not walk into the VA and finally ask for help until around 2018. Okay, so that's pretty years. And so when you walked in asking for help, what do you mean by that? I finally was just so living in a past and present concept. I was operating at a at an active so far above normal. I was suffering panic attacks, anxiety. I couldn't let my children out of my sight. Like you know, they you know, through time and therapy I, I realized very quickly that my trigger was safety. The safety of me, the safety of my kids specifically. Like I didn't I like I couldn't let my kids ride their bikes without them being in sight. I mean, I would leave my house um thinking I was gonna die every day. Mm-hmm. That was normal. This was normal to me. And mm-hmm. and I, I have to say that and this is kind of jumping around, I didn't realize that it wasn't normal until I removed myself from a military environment. Mm. That's so much. Um, so how long did you serve actually in the military? I served just just about uh, just three years because the moment I, I had uh, came back, I, I got married because because you make great judgment calls when you're broken. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm it's not a bad judgment call at all. Um, and then I ended up getting pregnant um, mm-hmm. and I had my oldest son. Um, and, uh, that was the era of 18 month deployments and back to back deployments. Mm-hmm. Um, my deployment was not, was not easy. And I know everybody's deployments are not easy. Again, I just reiterating, this is my, my experience only. Um, I lost our platoon had an estimate of under 30 soldiers in it. And we did not bring back three just in our platoon. Well, our company lost five. And we lost, um, I don't want to say we lost, but one sustained significant um, injuries in combat. And she's alive today, you know. And, and um, But just my platoon, we lost three out of under, I think it was 27. I don't, I don't remember, but it was under 30 people. I could be wrong, but no more, you know. That's, that's, a, big, that's a big impact, though. I mean, you huge. think about, you look around, there's, you know, neighbors or whatnot. It's like, okay, half about like, 10% of those are going to be gone by the time that we come mm-hmm. back. And, and, and then for a company and I, and again, I don't um, remember the exact numbers. Like it can't be more than 150. I don't know. We didn't bring, we didn't bring home. Five. Wow. And, and one um, survived and, and, and probably forgive you her name to be honest with you to talk to. Um, resiliency and and she's thriving you know as far as i can tell um but Mm -hmm. she 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 suffered a catastrophic injury she's a she's a double amputee oh wow and that's her story so i don't really want to speak on that but she did she 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 came back a survivor you know i um i lost my best friend you know her name was sam you know i lost my driver you know and we lost, you know, we lost another, another person, which, you know, was present for and, and, um, 
it was it was a brutal deployment and and so i only served one deployment and i only saw one one war and i knew based on not based on my experience i i could not leave my baby stateside because the only thing i knew was we didn't come back with everybody so in the military um they give you an option to take an honorable chapter and i chose to and it was the hardest because i feel like i didn't give the military uh, today i can say i only had one lens of the military Mm -hmm. and that is not the appropriate lens of the military my experience is not collectively what it actually is so i almost have regrets getting out Mm -hmm. but i also struggle with regrets um i remember you know john john silas my son's name john john was born in october and i think they came they came down and deployed the beginning of that next year and i just remember feeling so guilty that i was not with them yeah and so part of me regrets that i got out so soon and and didn't give the military the chance that it it deserved you know because i was like i am out this this has been the most horrific time of my life i mean to lose a best best friend and people that you were close to that you felt comfortable and felt safe with on top of the experiences that you had of feeling not safe and just witnessing all the things that I can only imagine that go on in war. Um, I think that's commendable. And you mentioned that you just gave it one deployment, but I think that's awesome. I mean, for someone who has no military experience, I'm just in awe that you even able to serve the country in the, in the way that you did in the time that you did. So I'm forever grateful for you for that because people like you keep us, keep us safe, you know? I think it's just hard for me because I know that there's just so many more soldiers out there that have been through and seen, seen more. I mean, than than I than I have, and you're you. I think that's a common trait amongst veterans. It's not to take anything away from me, but like if you look at the veteran community, you know, there's there's people that have been on four to five deployments. You know, and then there's, you know, so it, it, so I think that's where I, why I say for me, it's important for me to say like, I, I have, more, you know, because there are so many more out there that have yeah. significantly more, yeah. um, but man, I'm, I was good, um, cross it <laughs> off, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so that's, so that's why I say you know, I was deployed and I I didn't feel safe around my peers and I didn't feel safe out in the wire is what they would call it. And um, I was in a constant fight or flight, Mm -hmm. hypervigilant state. And let me tell you, you couldn't tell me anything in this time because I was fine. Yeah. I get that. As I, as I created chaos all around me all the time. So what was that moment like for you or what was the experience that made you come to the term that you weren't okay? 
Or do you have uh, do you have any? So I have to give credit to my best friend today. Her name is April. Mm-hmm. I found myself in a in a situation in which I had an extreme panic attack, uh, crippling, like pass out, crippling. Mm-hmm. And we were discussing about how we felt nobody understood us and nobody got us and nobody it, like. And she's prior military and she did the same same job that I did. And then she just looked at me and she said, Ashley, you need Oh. And it was because I had made a so I I made a career change. So I went from um I used to be um prior law enforcement. That's mm-hmm. what I fell into. And um, I went into a more administrative position that I that I hold today. And in, in I just started to see that I looked at things differently. And but I, I had this significant panic attack where I had to in Walmart where I had to put my head into ice cream like the frozen food section and I and I hit the ground in Walmart. So that was your point where you figured that you do need help. Um April. My girl mm-hmm. my girl April, my, my my good friend April, she she really, really pushed me. You mm-hmm. know, there are some other circumstances I'm not gonna <laughs> go into those. But I walked into the VA, hyperventilating in a full panic attack, unable to speak for myself. Um, And a lot of that was because I felt that if I said anything out loud, that somebody was going to come and take my children from me. Well. And that's, that is probably the single most frightening thing. That's like, that is my quote unquote trigger. It's my kids. Children. Yeah. As a mom, I can definitely understand yeah, that. Like, <laughs> you know, if I, if I tell people what goes on in my head, they're going to call me crazy. Yeah. You know, and that's, I, I feel like. Even those that are not have the experience of being a veteran, um, so many people and, you know, as I talk about my story and my mental health journey, that's the biggest thing is that we are often ashamed or read the stigma associated with and then that fear. And so we'll stick or we'll just sit there and, and stuff it all down and pretend and just keep moving. Because if you're pretty, if you're a strong person or you're pretty much a high functioning person, despite everything, then you, you'll just kind of plow through and push through and just kind of, it takes that one person to look at you and say, look, it's yep. time. And so when you, when you sought help at the VA, what did that help look like? It's the VA. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, that's a very, very broad question. I know the VA has done significant things to improve, but for me, I remember, you know, so I, I think I should back, probably like backtrack, you know, because this is probably when I was starting to realize how resilient I was. Like, I didn't know that the things I had been through were normal, if that makes sense. And, mm-hmm. and it took getting like to like how you were just talking about getting the right people around you, right? Getting the right people. Because at this time, I had made a career change out of law enforcement. So I'm now no longer around a certain type of culture, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm in an administrative culture, right? Ooh, right. These people see this very hot up to speed individual um, where she's very good at what she does at her job. You know, she's probably, you know, the most squared away person and and but they didn't see that it took me 40 minutes to send one email Mm. they didn't see that it took i had i I just had to check one more time i just had to look at that email one more time i just had to read that passage one more time and so when you are in positions where your brain just reacts like in law enforcement right you do what you train they have all those you know those studies you don't really have to think I mean, you do have to think, don't, don't get me wrong, but it's like almost like a mechanical concept. Um, but as far as getting help with the VA, um, I don't see VA. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just, just my experience, I would have to say they immediately saw me, they immediately evaluated me, they immediately you know, did those things, you know, because I mean, I walked through the door and I said, I need help. And they mm-hmm. were there. They were there. Mm-hmm. Right. I sat down with social worker, all of these things, yada, yada, yada. Um, they diagnosed me that day mm-hmm. with PTSD. And I was unaware that that is what they were doing, that they were evaluating me. I was just so freaked out Mm -hmm. that I was saying, I could only, I was saying things out loud for the first time ever. Here's the thing. I had not even told my partner stories of my deployment. Mm. So this was literally the first time I'm putting something in writing, my feelings in writing, how I live in writing, saying them out loud. And I'm throwing up in a trash can because mm. I'm that petrified that I have just ruined my life by saying what's your by speaking your truth. I'm speaking my truth because I grew up in the military where you don't say anything. Mm. I grew up in a family where we didn't talk about mental health. And I was scared to death that they were going to come and take me away in a straitjacket. Yeah, that's common, especially when it comes to mental health, because you have that fear of being held against your will because you're saying what you actually feel. Yeah. And I'm saying, and then, and then it goes back to, will they believe me? Will they believe the words that are coming out of my mouth? 
Did they? And to an extent. Um, I struggled with the VA um, a little bit because I, I had if I had a VA worker, I'm not gonna put a title or anything, look at me and said that there's no way you saw these this much combat as a female soldier. And that's that's and hard. Sitting here. I actually um of course anger, right? I mean I was I wasn't healed. Mm-hmm. You you just attacked me. I remember just losing Rightfully so. I mean, may my opinion, but <laughs> I just remember she said what did she say to me? She said, well, I have the incident and in which caused your PTSD. And I said, excuse me? And I remind you, <laughs> this is maybe the second or third time we've talked. And I said, no. I said, that's one incident. Well, how many incidents are you? And I looked at her and I don't remember the exact words, but it was something to the effect of, do you want to hear about the KIAs or would you like to hear about the times I was shot at, blown up, or had to pull my trigger? Oh, wow. And that is when she said something to the words of the effect. There's no way I could have seen all of that because I went on one deployment and I was female. Okay. So here I am, right? Mm-hmm. Never have said things out loud. Mm-hmm. Took me 10, 15 years to walk through the door. And session two or three, I'm being told there's no way. That's, and I re- that's, 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 I, I have no words. <laughs> Because it's it takes an incredible amount of of vulnerability to 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 say these things and to be discredited and downplayed and made to feel like you're making things up or victim shamed. That's 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 a shame. And I would say that the VA and this individual in particular. Mm-hmm was more concerned about me picking my path or type of therapy I wanted to go through. Like mm-hmm. I forget what they were, cognitive cognitive therapy, don't don't quote me, I don't remember. Or mm-hmm. or like direct therapy where it's like you just deal with it head on. I don't know, you probably know. I d I don't know what these two are, but they mm-hmm. and, and telling me that these work for PTSD and I'm sitting here over here like you tell me. I showed up, but now you want me to pick the type of behavioral therapy that's going to fix me? Why, why can't we just talk? Yeah. And I remember begging to just say, to get it off of me. I just wanted somebody to listen to me because I never said things out loud. After the incident in which I was not very kind, and I said some words that were not very kind, filled with profanity, and I think I, I probably said this is why people don't get help, I finally started to get help. But 
she was a student. That girl, that girl saved my life. Oh, that's nice. She went in there, and I filed. I I took the avenues that I needed to do with the VA mm-hmm. and did what made my patient advocacies and things that I needed to do. But that individual let me talk. She picked the therapy. She signed me homework. You know? Um, And that's when I finally started to get help. But she was a student, like a student or an intern, however they are, you know. And she had to rotate from outpatient to inpatient. Mm -hmm. And my only other avenue was to go back to that person. And I was like, over my dead body. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. So I actually found um a civilian therapist, you know. Um took a, it, it, but all of it is intact because the only reason I found a civilian therapist is because I gave my partner, my ex, an ultimatum. You go get help for anger and all this abuse and we need couples counseling so he picked the therapist that made me realize the level of resiliency that i have today which is ironic yeah it's like he gave you the he gave you the um the tools to get past his his destruction (laughs) he didn't pick a therapist for him he picked a therapist for me (laughs) <laughs> oh come some I think you would love her I think you should go to her I think you should go see her for PTSD I just she's strong she's a, a prior military spouse just and there we go okay again the end of our marriage because that therapist probably helped you realize that some of the things that you were experiencing are not normal or healthy 